Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Velarkis, and I'm an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist. And today's episode, we have a very special guest, Dr. Kavya Chaganti, who is a GP obstetrician here in Sydney. And her Instagram account is at two Aussie doctors. If you don't follow her already, she shares amazing medical content that is all around general health and well-being, but a particular focus on preconception, fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum health. So definitely worth a follow. And we're very lucky to have Dr. Kavya here to chat about the role of a GP when it comes to preconception and fertility care. And as a Fertility 360 contributor, she also shares a bit about her favorite parts of Fertility 360 and what it's like to be a part of the program. Before we get to the interview, though, I do want to remind you that August 1st is when we kick off Fertility 360, which is a first of its kind online program spanning four weeks that gives you 360 degree approach to preconception and fertility care, combining four key experts across medicine, nutrition, exercise, and psychology. So you're physical and mental well-being is supported on your trying to conceive journey. This has been designed for people who are planning to start trying to conceive or are currently trying to conceive and are looking for a proactive and holistic approach to their care and well-being. It's completely self-paced and we also run live Q&As in a private Facebook group. So if you're interested, the link is in the show notes below. We do start August 1st though, so don't wait on it too long. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the interview. Just a brief note to let you know that the miscarriage is mentioned in this podcast. We don't discuss it in depth, but if that's not something that you need to hear today, then I would recommend finding another one of our very many episodes to tune into. Welcome, Dr. Kavya, to the Fertility Friendly Food Podcast. So good to have you. Thanks, Steph. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be chatting to you. As a Fertility360 contributor, I know how much of a passion that you have for preconception and fertility and pregnancy health, and I'm really excited for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more and what you do. So before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name's Kavya. I'm a GP obstetrician and I work in Sydney. I love working in general practice and because I do have a special interest and also some additional qualifications in in the area of women's health, I do see a lot of women with all sorts of reproductive health concerns, so contraception, preconception health, antenatal care, 
period problems and throughout all stages of life, so even menopause and postmenopause as well. Yes, amazing work that you do. If you'd like to, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your own trying to conceive journey for our listeners and the impact that multidisciplinary care has had on your own personal journey because Fertility 360 is all about multidisciplinary care and the benefits of having medical and nutrition and exercise and psychology and there's all sorts of other disciplines to consider as well but certainly those four can have such a benefit to people's physical and mental well-being on their path so I'd just love to hear from your perspective what that is like from your journey. Yeah, yeah, more than happy to talk about my own, you know, trying to conceive journey because I think it's quite stigmatized still um, in our in our communities. So, um, just a bit of background: my husband and I have our own personal experience with the TTC journey and delayed fertility, and eventually undergoing various fertility treatments. So, the content covered in the program is very close to my heart and something that I wish all women and couples had access to. If you haven't heard this stat, one in six couples experience delayed fertility, and even though it's really common, the challenges we might encounter on that journey are often not openly discussed. So even putting aside people that experience delayed fertility, I think, well, I find that in my clinic, women and couples often find the you know journey of trying to conceive in itself is quite a big learning curve because most of us get sex education at school where we learn all about how to avoid pregnancy, but then there's this huge gap in knowledge and education that's provided on things like identifying your fertile window, ovulation symptoms, and how to actually conceive. Um, so in terms of my own journey, I did utilize support from every single one of the disciplines we've incorporated into the program. So dietitian support from yourself, which was really great for both me and my husband. People often forget that, you know, both parties are involved in, in making an embryo. Um, I saw an exercise physiologist through just my local GP clinic, but then also during pregnancy, um, I had a couple of consults with Courtney, who's part of the program as well. Um, and I have a psychologist as well that I've had for a long time. And that was all alongside, you know, a good regular GP, my fertility specialist. And I have a few other specialists for my other um, health conditions. And then, of course, personal supports. Um, so my partner, obviously, close friends and family. And I was also part of an online fertility support group. And all of that is is very valuable. I think people say it takes a village to to raise a child, but... I found that it took a village to make a baby as well. So I found all of those supports really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with everybody because sometimes it can be uh, really tough to feel like you need all these supports to make it happen because for for it feels like for everybody else, well, they can just have a baby at a drop of a hat and so it's like why do I need to but it's so valuable for everybody to think about these elements of their health and well-being whether you're experiencing a delay to conceiving or not. Yeah yeah I think it's that stage of life where it seems like everyone's just getting pregnant and announcing their pregnancy on social media and you know we we don't see the behind the scenes of how long it might have taken them or you know, what challenges they might have had on the way or, you know, mm. how many people were involved in supporting them to get to that point. So it, it's tricky when you're trying to conceive. It just feels like everyone's getting pregnant <laughs> except for you. So it's hard to kind of put that aside mm-hmm. and focus on what you actually need to do. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. I am not actively trying to conceive and I'm always so happy for people in my personal life who conceive, but there's also a part of me that's like sad for my potential <laughs> my potential fertility concerns. And so, yeah, it's it's a bittersweet feeling, isn't it? But I think lifting that curtain and highlighting that it can be a bit of a path and that there's lots of supports available to help you along the way. Shifting gears a little bit, Kavya, as a GP, you see a lot of people from all walks of life, but like we said, you have a particular interest in preconception care. What do you wish people out there knew about seeing their GP when it comes to preconception care? I think the biggest take-home message would be that we would love to see you and your partner, if you have a partner, a minimum of three months before you plan on starting trying to conceive. There's so much we want to talk to you about, which we'll you know, cover in the course and things that we want to optimize. So my advice would be to please book a consult, a long consultation um, with your regular GP before, well before you start trying. And the three month interval would be a bare minimum. And that's really important because we want to start your prenatal supplement well before you conceive. It gives us time to get all your vaccines up to date because some of them might need more than one dose. It gives us time to talk about genetic carrier screening. If you want want to use private health insurance you need to have your policy for at least 12 months before your child's due date so that three-month buffer gives us you know a bit of time to observe the waiting period so you can make the most of your private health and yeah there's a whole ton of other stuff we'd want to talk to you about and if you don't have a regular GP or you feel like your GP is not hearing your concerns or not being as comprehensive as you'd like I'd really encourage you to find a new regular GP. That's a great point of advice. I see a lot of clients who, you know, use their GPs just to get referrals <laughs> and not actually sitting down and having an ongoing relationship with them and conversation. And there's so much benefit to uh, having a regular GP that you can connect with in this stage of life and future stages of life because they will often see things that maybe other people don't see because they're seeing you in a different way, in a different frequency, etc. So yes, finding a regular GP that you can connect with that maybe do you feel like your additional interest in preconception care is and, and fertility and pregnancy is something that people could potentially look out for if they're having a bit of a hard time maybe finding someone near them that they're connecting with? Yeah, definitely. Um, I can I can give you a link to a post that I've done on how to find a regular GP. Yeah. Um, so we can link that um, for you guys. But definitely have a look on um, the clinic's website at the qualifications. So some things in the realm of women's health would be um, CWH, which is Certificate of Women's Health, or it might say DRANSCOG, which is a diploma mm-hmm. um, with the Royal Australian New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Or it might say advanced transcog, which is an advanced diploma mm-hmm. with transcog as well. So yeah, look out for those letters next to their name because they mm-hmm. they should hopefully have a keen interest in optimizing your preconception health as best as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good tip. You know, there's always so many letters after a doctor's name because you work very hard for them, but uh, knowing what to look for is is really really important. And so that three-month time period is so critical. I was just about to ask you how long before, and I say the same thing, around three months. And I've actually seen quite a number of people at the moment just in my clinic coming through and saying, oh, I'll be like, oh, so when are you planning to start trying if you're looking for preconception health? They're like, this month. And I was like, oh, okay, have you been to your GP? And they're like, 
not yet. I didn't think I would need to. I was like, well, 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 well. we could go back like four or five steps here. We're, 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 we're just rushing, rushing into this. And there's always potential, not that we ever wish this upon anybody, but there's always potential for things to pop up in these screenings that we need to address. You mentioned vaccines, but there's so many other things like significant nutrient deficiencies is something that I see a lot of. And that takes time to correct. Um, Oftentimes, it's not going to, your iron levels aren't going to shoot up overnight just because you started taking a supplement yesterday. Same with vitamin D or B12. So really important that we're giving enough time for these things to Mm. Yeah, I had a patient um, not long ago, just in the last month, that the consultation was not for preconception advice. So it kind of we kind of went into it by accident on a bit of a tangent, and it turns out she has loads and loads of symptoms for um, inflammatory bowel disease that's been undiagnosed. Um, oh. So she's off having a scope, and you know, I'd be quite surprised if if that wasn't the diagnosis, but. Things like inflammatory bowel disease mm. or certain conditions, they can, you know, increase your risk of having a miscarriage um, or pregnancy loss or not being able mm-hmm. to carry to term. And, you know, those sort of things we really want to stabilise on the right medication and get those inflammatory markers right down before you get pregnant. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, we don't want to find find things um, in all of this work up and screening, but sometimes we do and it's better that we find it and treat it and optimise it. Um, earlier rather than later Mm -hmm. so yeah I'd say minimum of three months but I think three to six months um, or even earlier is ideal particularly if you have other health conditions and Mm -hmm. particularly if you're taking certain medications that might not be the most suitable option for pregnancy just gives us time to optimize your health issues Mm -hmm. gives us time for us to refer you back to your specialist and get the all clear from them have you stable on the right medication all of that stuff before Mm -hmm. you even start trying yeah And I think the thing that people often under slash overestimate, well, usually underestimate, is like waiting times as well. Like if you've got a really great regular GP, sometimes it takes a few weeks to even get in with a GP, let alone things like specialists or allied health professionals or, you know, getting pathology, genetic carrier screening takes time for these results to come back. It's not two days and they're back. So, you know, all these things take time. So, it's always better to be a little bit early, earlier, a little bit more proactive than last minute because then everybody feels rushed and stressed, including your clinicians. <laughs> I feel that all the time. Yeah. Genetic carrier screening yeah, can take quite a few weeks um, to come back and medication as well can, can take a long time. Like antidepressants, for example, it's not as simple as stopping one and starting the other. The majority of the time for most antidepressants, we need to really slowly wean you off one um, and then you know, start you on the next one that might be a safer option for pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So these things take time. And then if, during that time, if you have a relapse of your symptoms, you know, we might need to get you a bit of extra support or you know, utilize some other strategies to get you back on track before you're, you're ready to plan a pregnancy. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. There's so many things to consider. What other disciplines do you commonly refer to as a GP when it comes to preconception and fertility health? Um, well, I guess in terms of medical disciplines, we've talked about how having a regular GP is key. Um, and if you have other health conditions, it'd be really important to make sure you have that regular endocrinologist, rheumatologist, whoever it is managing your condition and that you've 
seen them in the last six to 12 months and they're aware of your plans to become pregnant. I also tell my patients to see their dentist for a checkup if they're due. Um, Dental health conditions can impact your pregnancy and uh, if you have pre-existing dental issues, they can get worse during pregnancy as well. Um, so if you haven't had a dental health check in the last six to 12 months, getting getting another checkup is really important. And then in terms of allied health disciplines, I think the ones we've covered in the program would be my main go-tos as, as needed. So a dietitian with a special interest in reproductive health, exercise physiology and psychology. Yeah, yeah. They're probably the three most common ones. And at least in Australia, depending on your medical history, sometimes you're able to get some support from either, well, usually private health insurance if you have extras cover, but sometimes as well Medicare, depending on all your past history and your GP is usually able to assess you for those things and help you connect with great professionals in that Mm -hmm. space. Absolutely. We've mentioned a few times how important a regular GP is when it comes to preconception and fertility care rather than just seeing someone to grab a test or a referral to a specialist. I guess I'd love to hear your perspective on it as a practitioner. What's the diff? Like, what do you see is the difference? Like, being somebody's regular GP, especially in this phase of their life, versus perhaps some other people who have come from a background of maybe they've, you know, just gone to whoever's available on the day or, you know, they've moved a lot and so they don't really have anybody regular. You know, what what are the differences that you really see in terms of then how that translates to their preconception and fertility health and care? I think it comes down to details and not not missing details. So it might seem easy enough to go and see any doctor and ask for a blood test form or a referral letter. But if you have a good regular GP that knows your detailed medical and surgical history, immunization history, family history, um, either by taking that history or because they've treated um, your family members as well, um, menstrual, obstetric history, all of those details are really important. So if you go and see a random GP you've never met that doesn't know that you had iron deficiency last year that we may never have found a cause for or never even investigated for a cause or you know they haven't taken the time to check your immunization history and we realize you're not immune to chickenpox or rubella which is you know can be quite problematic and harmful to a developing fetus you know all of those details are really important I think people think that if they're young and healthy that there's quite minimal benefit to having a regular doctor but that's not the case and there's plenty of important things that we we do and preventative health measures that we take and research shows quite um, strongly that having good continuity of care with a regular GP improves your health outcomes and that includes pregnancy outcomes. And it also reduces a number of acute hospital admissions and mortality as well. So if you if you don't have a regular GP that you're comfortable with, then make it your mission to find one in the coming weeks. And as I said, we can link that post that I've done with, that's got lots of tips on how you can go about finding a doctor. Yeah, amazing. We'll absolutely link that. I can even just vouch for my own personal experience when I was trying to navigate, at the time, symptoms of endometriosis, but I didn't know. 
having a regular GP who was not only just listened and heard the picture, but like sat down and like was like, okay, I need the whole story from the beginning, from before you've walked in this door, like what's been going on since you've gotten here? Because sometimes we go into appointments with, you know, our chief complaint, as they say, right? Like you walk in and you might go, oh, I'm having spotting in between my cycles, but you've left off like all the other components that could be really relevant to that picture. Like it's been really iron deficient you've bled through every active contraceptive pill in your that you've ever taken in your life like you have painful intercourse you have erratic bowel habits like uh, it's tricky sometimes I think as patients we have this expectation that a GP is going to pull all this out of us and sometimes we also need to go into appointments with a level of preparation about what your concerns are and even if you don't think it's connected just bring it up because I'm often finding this happens even when I see clients I'm like oh they just start telling me their reproductive history their fertility history you know what's been going on for them and then I'll be like oh well what other medical concerns do you have they'll be like oh nothing relevant like 10 years ago I had Graves disease you know they'll say something about their thyroid or something about you know, their family history or something. And all of a sudden I'm like, that's super relevant. Like we need to go back to your GP or go back to your facility specialist. We need to explore this more. And so just because maybe you as a patient don't think it's 100% relevant, let sometimes the clinician work that out (laughs) and see if it's relevant or not because it all paints a picture and it does make a real big difference to the detail um, of your care. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, even if you don't think it's relevant or even if the GP doesn't have time to ask every question under the sun, if you are going to see your regular GP that you've had for a number of years, they might actually remember, oh, wait, you had these oral ulcers that wouldn't go away two years ago and then eventually we got on top of it or, you know, your mum has celiac disease or psoriasis or something else that could be relevant for your sort of fertility health picture. Mm-hmm. So even if they don't get time to ask or you don't bring it up because you don't realise that it's relevant, just having someone that's known you for a period of time, you know, really helps to pick up those fine details. Yeah, and, like, life happens. Like, a lot of people with this phase of their life move, Mm. you know, cities and locations, and all of a sudden they have to find a new GP. And, you know, it is can sometimes feel like a bit of a task, but it's worthwhile. And I think there's nothing... There's nothing better than asking your regular previous GP to write just a brief summary and account of what conditions you have, what medications you've been on or are on, what surgeries you've had and who your specialists are so that that handover can be a bit smoother for everybody as well. I have done that a few times because my GPs keep moving Mm. away. It's very sad. I cry every time. (laughs) Oh, dear. As a Fertility360 contributor, what is your favourite part of being part of the program? Um, I think my favourite things would be, one, being able to share my knowledge with all the participants in hopefully a digestible, easy-to-understand way. And secondly, I love that the participants get to be part of a community of women that they can lean on and learn from and, you know, have this group of people that are going through a similar stage of life. I think that's really valuable. Like some people have, you know, an older sister 
that's got young kids or a best friend that might be going through sort of the same thing at the same time. But a lot of people don't. Um, so I think it's, it's really helpful to, to have that community. Yes, I so agree. I think sometimes, especially in the fertility space, there's still a lot of stigma that people personally hold. And so sometimes those community spaces can feel a little bit overwhelming or intimidating. But every single time we do it, everyone loves it and get so much from it. So that little bit of fear <laughs> is it's worth overcoming that little bit to experience the benefits of having people who are on the same path as you and are learning the same thing as you at the same time. There's so much value in that. Absolutely. Dr. Kavia, I'd love for you to let us know where people can find you online so that they can connect with you more. And obviously, you're one of our featured experts inside Fertility 360, so they can absolutely learn more about you there as well. But do you want to let us know where we can find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at two Aussie doctors. And if you sign up for the program, I'll do my best to answer all your questions in the private Facebook group as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing a bit about your story. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, everyone, make sure you follow or subscribe on whatever streaming platform you are listening on. Share it with a family member or friend. Leave us a rating and review. These are all free ways that you can help support this independent unsponsored podcast and it really makes our day every time we get a new review so just saying you've you've got the power to make my day so you can do it (laughs) and we'll leave the link to join fertility 360 in the show notes below can't wait to get started on august 1st all right everyone have a great rest of your day and i'll catch you in the next episode bye